0: Uh, well, we're glad you're here. My name is John. If I haven't met you, I'm the lead pastor here, and we're uh, thank you for the appreciation for all that you guys do as a body. We're we're so thankful. So really is um, we love our jobs, and so you guys make it easy. So we we really appreciate all of you, and and, and thank you for the gift. We appreciate it, uh, elders too. I don't know how many elders are in here, but Justin and everybody, thank you. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to say there was one correction, and the announcement it said. Men's, the men's gathering was on Sunday. It's on Saturday. It's, it said it right on the slide, but he verbally said it incorrectly. So Saturday. But, guys, you got to get there. Bring, bring. Uh, you can bring your, uh, some of your young kids with you. If you've got some teenagers or some people that you want to bring, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be some ex-dealers there sharing their faith and their testimony and how God has blessed them. Uh, it's going to be a great day. They're doing a real pig roast. Like So, you know, those cartoons with the pig with the apple in the mouth. You'll want to be there to see that. It's going to be that. But somebody's bringing in a pig, roasting the whole thing. It's the real deal. So you'll want to be there for that. Uh, bring some people with you, too, guys. So if you've got some neighbors or some friends, and uh, even if they just want to hang out with some ex-stealers, that's fine. If their intentions are, they're also giving away some stealers tickets. If their intention is just to win the tickets, that's fine, too. We know Jesus will show up in the middle of all that, okay? So bring some people out. It's going to be a great day. We're really excited about that. Um, there's just so many things going on. I, I thought I should update you our, our Awaken uh, kind of soft grand opening. We've been opening and opening and opening multiple times. But this was the opening of the opening of the openings. And so we had a great day, 52 students, right? And uh, five five uh, students gave their life to Christ or recommitted to Christ. And so how awesome was that? That's awesome. There was powder flying. There was a lot of fun stuff. I've never seen a person turn the hue of green and yellow that, that they had that night. It was great. They, they had a barbecue and, and just a really a fun night. But it was amazing how uh, Ben Archer, which if you guys know Ben, he's the uh, youth pastor down at Victory, uh, shared a great message. And uh, here's the cool thing. His message was called Restored, hashtag Restored. And so he had no idea that that was our theme for dedicating the building. And when we were over there, that that was our theme was, was restored. And he grew up in that church. I didn't know that either. He grew up in that church, the Church of Living Christ. And so uh, it was full circle, but God put it all together. And so we just laughed. I said, I said you don't know this, but that was our theme for this whole, this whole process of what God did, bringing us and adopting us in this building. Uh, our, our, what we heard the Lord say was restored. And he's like, well, only God knows. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. So how cool is that? But um, great job, Pastor Brian and his team. They did a phenomenal job, and so we're so so thankful, grateful. We had so many new students. How many new students do you have that night? Twelve. Twelve. Isn't that crazy? Good stuff, and so I just believe these kids are hungry for Jesus, and, and we're going to see such a such a revival over there. Um, also, on October thirty first, we're having our first feast celebration. Now, not our first feast; we've done many feasts, but uh, we, we're changing our fifth Sunday. So, any fifth Sunday, you know, we have a few of those a year where there's five Sundays. We're either going to do a celebration and a feast, much like the Jews have done for uh, you know from the beginning of time. They they celebrate all that God's done through different feasts, seven feasts a year. And so, uh, we just really had the heart of. You know, we don't do that enough. So as a church, we need to come and celebrate what God's going to do and what he's doing in our lives, what he has done, and what he is doing, and what he will do. Uh, but let's just come and celebrate what God's doing in our hearts and our lives and celebrate how good he is. And so that's what the feast, that's the heartbeat of the whole feast. Uh, but it's going to launch it. Uh, so just so you know, we have two service times, 9 and 11. But on 5th Sunday, on October 31st, it's at 10 o'clock, all right? So if you come at 9, we'll put you to work, Okay. If, but it starts at 10, and so if you come at 11, you're going to be an hour late. You can still join us, but you'll be late. But it starts at 10. Everyone say 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. Online? 10. I didn't hear it online. So 10 o'clock, all right? 10 to 2. It's actually a longer uh, service time in general from 10 to 2. It's not, uh, but we're going to start at 10 o'clock right here. But because it's one service, it's going to be full. Both services will be together. We're going to have a time of worship, a powerful time of worship. Uh, If any of you want to be water baptized, let us know right now. We don't have anybody signed up, but if you want to be water baptized, this is the moment. Uh, Come, we'll do that right in service as well. Uh, Ryan Wagner is going to be sharing his testimony. If you know Ryan, Uh, if you don't know Ryan, you're going to want to be here. Uh, He's going to speak about what God's done in his life, and he's going to share his testimony. Uh, And then we're just going to share the vision of the day together. We're going to have one big rally, and then we're going to send you out. So. Here's what I need from you. If you are not serving in Westridge at all, maybe you're new... But just maybe you haven't stepped into serving very well. Uh, we need your help, and so we have we have those that do serve, and they're you know uh, you're welcome to serve as well. But if you're not serving, we invite you to go on and register. Let us know that you want to serve and that you want to be here. We'll plug you in. It'll be simple. There's, there's everything from serving food to uh, the bouncy houses. We're gonna have a caramel apple table, uh, just a, a lot of amazing things that day. So, uh, but we need your help. So if you'll jump in, and you can be a kid, you can be an adult. This is totally family friendly. You're. You, All of us can serve together, and that's the whole point of our feast days and serve days. Our fifth Sundays used to be family days, and they will continue to be family days, just done in a different way. So kids you can serve, adults you can serve, but we need all hands on deck for that day. Uh, It's also a great day to bring somebody because uh, there's just nothing better to see in Jesus in a different way through fun and celebration and testimony and baptisms. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great day. So, so bring some people with you. If you can, do me a favor. You can go out to the lobby and sign up and register online, or you can do it on our website, whatever. But let us know that you want to serve so we can start plugging people in in different spots. Okay? We good? What time are you going to be there? All right, you got it. All right, good. All right, open your Bibles. We're going to have a fun day today. Actually, it's a sensitive day today, okay? So we're going to be talking about a topic that every single one of us Deal with, all right? So we've all dealt with it, are dealing with it, we'll deal with, deal with it, and we'll continue to deal with it while we live on this earth, all right? So it'll be a little touchy for some of us, you know, touchy in a good way. Maybe it's gonna challenge you to, to look at things differently. For some of you, you've learned some of these, these wonderful wisdom nuggets and principles through Proverbs. And for some of us, maybe this is all new. Uh, regardless, all of us are going to gain amazing wisdom today. So um, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 15. I'm not going to tell you the topic. I think you'll figure it out through this verse. Uh, but it'll be fun. Proverbs 15 says this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's the title of the message, anger. We're going to talk about anger today. We went to church. I'm going to be the anger preacher today. I'm going to scream at you, yell at you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But we're going to talk about anger. You know, it's okay to talk about anger. In fact, anger is not a sin. You know that, right? Jesus was angry. Now, he didn't sin through his anger, but he got angry. He got frustrated, right? So it's okay that you have this emotion. You have this feeling. But I just want to go through Proverbs and give you some, some healthy principles, some, some truths and some nuggets. What's foolish? Okay, we need to know that. What's foolish when we get angry? I think many of us already know. When I get angry, sometimes I do foolish things. What's wise and what's healthy and what are some things that we need to do? And by the way, do you know Christians can get angry? You know Christians can get angry and sin, correct? Uh, so, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, all right? So let me show you Mark chapter 3, Jesus got angry. We have about six different times in the scriptures where we see Jesus was frustrated and angry and corrected things. Uh, Mark chapter 3, If you, in fact, Ben Archer spoke about this at Awaken, about the man with the withered hand. But look at verse 5. Mark chapter 3 it says, and when he looked around at them with anger, because he was because of the heart, they were grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and as he stretched it out, his hand was restored as whole as the other. But look at this, Jesus was angry because of their hearts. He's not angry, and he does, he's not like um, a lot of times we see scriptures like this, and we like, see, see, God's mad at me. He's not mad at you. He's mad at the hardness of heart. He's mad at our, how we react. He's mad at our sin, but he loves you. He loves you. All right? It's just like uh, if you have a family or if you have kids, we all grew up in a family. It's just like when you were growing up, right? Your parents love you emphatically. They love you, but they don't like it when we make those goofy, dumb decisions, right? Right? Or even at work, if you make a dumb decision, they love you, but they're not happy with what you just made a decision on. And so that's the same concept with Jesus. Jesus emphatically loves you, died for you, gave his life for you. But you need to see that Jesus got angry too. It's not always about the anger. It's an emotion we all have. We are all going to get angry. We're all going to go through things where we get frustrated and angry. It's about how we respond with that anger, right? It's about how we respond. Hebrews chapter four says this about Jesus, not about us, about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, but without sin. Isn't that crazy? Jesus was tempted with every single sin in all humanity. So whatever you think your sin is or how great it is, how small it is, whatever we're in the middle, it doesn't matter. Jesus was tempted with every single sin and emotion that we've been tempted with, but he didn't sin. That's what makes him Jesus. That's what makes him the Lord, right? Um, So we can learn that while we can have anger and while we can have emotions, just like Jesus had anger and he had emotions, we can learn how to healthily deal with that emotion. And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna walk through. In fact, this morning, um, so typically how I prepare for messages is I'm preparing weeks out. So I've been working on this message for quite some time and getting ready. And so you I ask the Lord and we put it together. We talk through things and walk through things. We look at resources. I watch other preachers. I do all of those things to get ready for the messages. But um, on Saturday, I, I kind of do a roll through. I run through what I'm going to say. Ask God, do you want me to change anything? Is there anything that is in here that needs to come out? Is there anything that you want to add to it? And so, you know, I left last night feeling good about the message coming into this morning. Uh, and then this morning, we, we prayed. We, By the way, we, we pray over every service at 8 o'clock. And so at 8 o'clock, we have a prayer team that comes together. You're welcome if you want to come pray with us, all right? So at 8 o'clock from 8 to 8.30, we, we pray over the services. We pray over you, the body, our, sir, our volunteers. We just pray over the whole thing. Um, and after we left that prayer, I, God gave me this amazing nugget in between. So from 8.30 to 9, he gave me this amazing nugget of on uh, about anger. And he gave me a verse and just a situation that Jesus went through. And I'm like, but God, I just wrote the message I said, do you just want me to throw it out? And he says, well, no, you don't have to throw it out, but I want you to include this. And I'm like, okay. So, uh, you know, this is, this is the way it works, right? He's the Lord, and, and it's what he wants to say. And so today, uh, the, the guys, you'll just have to follow me. We're gonna, uh, do you want to hear that now or later? Later. Okay, later. All right, later. So, so later. All right, later. All right, so just got to leave you hanging there. All right, so let's, look, let's talk about wisdom about anger. Let's look to Proverbs. That's the book of wisdom. Let's look to wisdom about anger. This will be helpful for all of us. It'll be helpful for many of you. Maybe you're in here today and you get angry. uh, Or maybe you identify with yourself that you're an angry person. You're hot-tempered, right? Uh, Look, these are going to be helpful scriptures. Now, we don't justify sinning. We don't justify that it's okay for me to keep hurting people. It's okay for me to speak the way I speak. It's okay for me to do this because I'm just hot-tempered. No, 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 that's not okay. That's, That's actually called foolishness, all right? But I recognize I was foolish, too. I realize I struggled with anger and still do. Every, all of us still struggle with anger. But how do we handle anger? How do we handle this emotion? How do we handle it? Again, anger is not sin, but it's how you react to that emotion. So uh, let me give you a few, few verses, and then we'll, we'll talk through these. But first of all, Proverbs twelve sixteen says, A fool, listen, a fool, we need to know the foolish side, is quick-tempered. But a wise person stays calm when insulted. And I realize some of these verses I've given you in week one when we talked about wisdom, uh, but I'm going to put them all together. So you're going to hear some some repeat scriptures, but I'm putting them all together. So a fool is quick-tempered, all right? Quick-tempered. Now, I'm not going to call you out, but a lot of us have a quick temper, a short fuse, a quick wick, whatever you want to call it, all right? We're short-tempered. Biblically, the Lord tells us that that's foolishness, right? So Because when we're quick-tempered, basically we be blah on people, don't we? We just, wha. And usually we're loud when we do it, right? We're all a little different. We all handle things differently. But to be quick-tempered or just to speak your mind, speak your peace, is not a a good uh, way to handle anger. A wise person stays calm, and I love the end, even when you're insulted. Now, that's difficult to do, isn't it? When someone's berating you or insulting you, now I'm not saying it's okay for people to walk all over you. You need to stand up for yourself. Know who you are. You need to do that. But an amazing character attribute of someone that's wise is that we're uh, even when we're insulted, we're going to stay calm. We're going to stay calm. We're not going to bust out in a in a big fight match. You're not going to test out your uh, your UFC skills on the dude, right, or the or the lady. You're going to be calm. You're going to be calm. Proverbs 14, 16 through 17 says this. The wise watch their steps and avoid evil. So you're making choices. We watch our steps and we avoid evil. Fools are headstrong and they're reckless. They're hot-headed, do things that they later regret. How many of you have done that? Come on now, I know I've done it. How many of you, (laughs) I wish I just would not have said that, Thing. Don't elbow your spouse right now. I just wish I wouldn't have said it, right? The hot-headed, I love, I love the way the message, I don't use the message very often, but I love how it's, how it's worded. The hot-headed do things they, they, they'll later regret. That's a lot of times in anger when we are uh, quick-tempered, we have a short fuse, short wick, we just let it out, we wish we wouldn't have said it. We wish we wouldn't have said it. It also ends that verse that says, the cold-hearted get the cold shoulder. Maybe you're that person, right? You just ignore them give them the cold shoulder, right? Maybe that's you. We all have different personalities. We all deal with anger differently. Maybe you're the cold shoulder person. Proverbs 14, 29 says, People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Great foolishness, right? The wise control their anger. So anger is something we all deal with. The wise will control it. The hot tempers will show foolishness. Uh, Proverbs 14, 35 is a great verse because it talks about Solomon who's a king. So uh, now we don't all relate to the king thing because we're, maybe you think you're a king, but we're not like kings. We're kings over our castles, right? Our families, but we're not like king over a nation. But Solomon literally was a king over a nation, but you could replace the word king and it still works, watch. The king rejoices in wise servants, but is angry with those who disgrace him. Replace the word king with parent, right? A parent rejoices, and wise servants are children that are in unity with the family, right? We're, we're doing this together. We're working together, right? So it works in the family. But with those that disgrace, when we, when we have disrespect and we're disgracing one another, speaking illy, boy, that gets, that gets the blood boiling, doesn't it? Gets the blood boiling. How about in your workplace? Maybe you're a boss, right? The boss rejoices when he has wise servants, when he has wise workers that are with him, working with him. We're working in unity. But when you get a, unhealthy work environment and people are disgracing each other. There's backbiting, there's fighting, there's gossiping. Worst place in the world to work, isn't it? Angry. You're frustrated. Here's another great verse, Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And I want you to focus on the word better. Better. Because sometimes we compare ourselves, we look at someone and this person has more stuff, so because they have more stuff, they're better than me. That's not what the verse says. The verse says, better is someone who's slow to anger, that can control your anger, than someone that has way more power and is angry and and using their power to manipulate and control. It's better that you're slow to anger than you to rule and manipulate and control people, using anger to do it. So the Lord's telling you, look, I would rather you choose to be slow to anger than to have all this power and use it the wrong way. It's actually better that you're slow to anger and that you have my heart. It goes on to say, he who rules his spirit, it's better, or it's better and he who rules his spirit than he who takes his city. I would rather you have self-control. This is the Lord speaking. I'd rather you have self-control than just to plow through relationships, than you just to braid people and you just to, Speak your mind over people. And you just speak insults over people. I would rather you have self-control. You know, a lot of times this is what we say is believers or unbelievers even. But as Christians, a lot of times we'll say, I just, I can't control myself. Well, that may be true in your own flesh, in your own humanity, that you can't control yourself. But when you get saved, God gives you the Holy Spirit. And you know what one of his fruits are? Self-control. So if you can't control yourself, look, I understand Our human heart is depraved. Without God, we're destined for hell. We make bad decisions. We make bad choices. If I took you or me and we just put ourselves on an island with a few people without God and without His direction and without His help, it wouldn't go well at the end of the day. We need God, we need the Lord. And that's why Jesus sent you a helper. That's why he sent you the Holy Spirit. He knew that you would need the Holy Spirit to help you. He knew that you would need him to guide you into all truth because the reality is that we have sinned. We have fallen short. We we do get angry in sin. And so let's look to God. Let's ask God to help us. If you can't control yourself, then you stop and you talk to God and say, God, I need your self-control. I need you to help me. I need self-control. I need you to help me, God. And this is why I love these Proverbs. If you struggle with anger, whether you're online or you're here in this room, if you struggle with anger, start applying some of these scriptures. Instead of being hot-tempered, short-wicked, and just speaking your mind, be slow to anger. I know it's like you ever watch those cartoons? Like when the guy gets angry? I think there's, there's that new movie. I forget the name of it. But um, you know, where they turn red and it just starts going up like a temperature thermometer and then boom, steam comes out their head and bah! That's what it's like for us, isn't it? The emotion of anger, it just, it begins to fill up and we, our heart rate goes up and then all of a sudden we just speak or we react or we do something that we shouldn't because we can't control our anger. Look, I just want to give you some hope. This is why it's an amazing Amazing relationship we have with Christ That he's given you the Holy Spirit to help you You can be an angry person Or you can be failing in this area But you can go to God and he'll help you And so even if you're sitting here today And, you, uh, and please hear me You're probably sitting there and you're beating yourself up Look, ask God for help Begin to look to these Proverbs Take some of these verses that we're giving you today And just begin to apply them to your life And see what happens I promise you God's word, right? Jesus says, I've given you the truth and the truth will set you free. He'll set you free of anger or reacting poorly in anger. It's not to say that you'll never have anger again. You're gonna have anger again, but it's about how you react. It's about how you speak. It's about those moments while you're angry. How are you, how's your character? It goes on to say in Proverbs 18, one, listen to this. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. How many of you have ever had that happen? Something is so common sense, it's so blatantly obvious, but because they're so unfriendly or prideful or angry, they won't even listen to common sense. Like, dude, look both ways before you cross the road. No, I'm not doing it. They're just mad. They want to do what they want to do. It it doesn't make sense. This is what we do when we get so wrapped up in anger and we just, we become unfriendly. We become selfish. At the end of the day, when we let anger turn into sin, It's all about us, isn't it? It's all about whoever's angry and whatever they're feeling and whatever their emotion is. How many of you guys have uh, maybe had a bad day? You're frustrated, you had a bad day. Maybe someone went off on you. maybe, Maybe it was totally right the reason why you got corrected or disciplined, but you had a bad day and you're angry. Now, take that person. I won't say any names and please... I don't know your life. I don't know what's going on. A lot of people will say that to me. How did you know? I don't know. I used to say that. I'll come into church. I'm like, who's telling the pastor my life? Nobody's telling us your life. God's just trying to help you in those situations. But take that angry person and send them to work. If they don't know how to control their anger, what happens? It's all about them. They go to work, and they... Lay it on their employees. And if they're a boss or they're in management or even if they're just working with coworkers, right? What immediately happens because it becomes selfish, it becomes pride. Because we had a bad day, you're having a bad day. You're having a bad day. And we unload on people. They had nothing to do with the situation. The bad day wasn't because of them. You brought it into work and then you just lay it on them. Anybody do that before? I've done it many times. Or maybe you had a bad day at work and then you come home now we're preaching, right? You come home and you unload on your kids or your spouse or whoever. Those that you love usually get it more than anybody else. But they had nothing to do with the situation. You, but you're, you're angry and you make it about you and it becomes selfishness. Now, I'm not saying that you can't talk to your spouse or your kids about your bad day, but don't put your bad day on them. So that's what this verse is saying. <laughs> Unfriendly people care only about themselves. This is what anger... Uh, When we sin in anger, this is what happens. It it becomes about us. It becomes selfish, and we lash out at the at the silliest of things. Proverbs nineteen three says, "People ruin their lives." I love I love this translation of this. Listen to this: People ruin their lives by their own stupidity. (laughs) It's in the Bible. So why does God always get blamed? How is it that we get so we make stupid decisions? Let's just be honest, especially when we're angry and we're not thinking straight and we're short-wicked and hot-tempered. We make bad decisions, bad decisions. And you know, naturally, when you make a bad decision, there's a consequence, right? There's a consequence. And some of us, some of us, we've been making bad decision after bad decision. We're paying the consequences of our decision. And then we look at God and go, it's your fault, It's your fault. Why would you blame God for something you did? God had no part of you lashing out on that person. God had no part of you berating them with your words. God had no part in what you just did, and it's not his fault. But this is what anger will do when it's uncontrolled. We become a victim, don't we? We become the victim. It's everybody else's fault. No, you made the bad decision. It was dumb. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've blamed God for situations or circumstances. Look, it's okay. God's got big shoulders. He can handle it. But I just want you to see, God had no part in those decisions. And you're gonna see as we kind of close up and what the nugget God gave me, a lot of times, and I'm thankful God is who he is. He's faithful, he's graceful, he's merciful. But a lot of times, how we view God We view it through our hurt and our pain. Now, it's not true. God isn't an angry God. God isn't yelling at you and speaking words of, berating you with words and and cutting you down and slurring insults over you. That's not what God's doing, but that's how we view God because of this other person or this other person or this situation or this circumstance. Proverbs 19.11 says this, sensible people control their temper. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect, now listen to this, by overlooking wrongs. That's not easy to do, is it? Sensible people, we control our anger, and then we earn respect by overlooking what that person's done, even though it was done against you. We overlook it. Now, isn't that what Jesus has done for you? Because we've all sinned, every one of us, yet he died in our place, and he overlooked what we did. He forgave what you did. I'm not saying that you let people walk all over you and trample you and that you're this this weak rug that people walk on. What I am saying is why do we make small deals big deals? This is what angry people will do. People that deal with anger and don't know how to control themselves, they make the smallest deal like the world's going to explode. It started out about a disagreement about where we're going to go to eat. And now we're talking about 10 years of history. Right? We've got to control our tempers. Slow to anger. James says, be slow to speak. Especially when you're angry. Be slow to speak. Proverbs 19, 19 says, hot-tempered people... (laughs) If you're hot-tempered, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but you need to hear this. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. Now, I think this verse is very applicable for parents, and let me just tell you why. Let me read the rest of it. If you rescue them once, you'll have to do it again. Parents, it's not your job to rescue somebody that's hot-tempered and going off the handle. There's nothing wrong with correcting them, trying to get them to see what... How to act truthful, but you can't rescue them. And if you do, I love this verse if you do, you'll do it again. Why? Think about it. If someone's making unwise decisions and you're constantly rescuing them, do you think their decisions are gonna change? No, they're gonna continue to make unwise decisions and they know you're gonna come rescue them. But they're not gonna change. You're not helping them, you're enabling them. You're enabling bad behavior. Your job is to parent and love and and discipline and and give the truth. But at the end of the day, if they're going to do what they want to do, you can't save them. You're not the Savior, by the way. Jesus is. He's the Savior. But I've I've heard this from some parents that really go through a hard situation with their kids. Listen, my heart and your heart is we want to rescue them. We want to save them. But at the end of the day, if they're going to have a hard heart and hot-tempered and be angry, look, you're going to just keep in a cycle that you can't get out of. Now, our desire as parents, our prayer for parents are, our, our, you know, you'll probably be underneath a lot more in that moment. But the reality is, is they have to learn what wisdom is. They have to see God's heart. They have to understand that anger is not the way to rule. Let me just share a couple a couple more passages, and I think they relate to a couple other things, but here, here's a good marriage verse right here. Proverbs 21, 14. Here's a good verse for, for us married folk. And if you're not married, it applies, but I think you married folk will understand. Try giving a secret gift to the one who's angry with you and watch his anger disappear. A kind, generous gift goes a long way to soothe the anger of the one who is livid. Spouses, anybody just... You messed up. You just, you know you messed up. You know it was your fault. That's what this verse is saying. Man, it's good for you to go get a gift or think about something that really means something to her or to him and make it right, isn't it? Softens the blow a little bit, but we've got to make it right. We've got to find a way to make it right, especially to those that you love. Proverbs 22, 8 says this, He who sows iniquity or sin will reap sorrow and the rod of his anger will fail he who sows iniquity or sows sin will reap sorrow so it's just like planting a harvest if you if you sow corn you get corn if you sow anger you're getting anger and there's sorrow that comes with it and that rod of your anger look it's going to fall apart everything's things are going to fall apart I love these, uh, uh, Proverbs 22, I love this passage because it talks about relationships, and so for those young people in the room, for us old people in the room too, but especially for you young people, I want you to see how important it is. Your friendships are so important. Those that you do life together with, those that you spend a lot of time with, the Bible tells you, uh, this is a very important proverb, it says, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go, lest you learn his ways and you set a snare for your soul. So a snare would be, it's going to stick to you. Here's the simplest way to remember this verse. You become like your friends. You become like your friends. In a good way and in a negative way, right? If you've got friends that are encouraging you, they love Jesus, they're giving you scripture, they're praying for you, they're there to pick you up when you're down. Look, those are great friends. You want to keep those friends. You want to hang out with them. But if you get a friend that's just angry, always yelling, you get a friend that loves to make fun of people, you get a friend that's like tripping people in the hall and laughing at them, you hang out with that person too long, guess what you're going to start doing? The same thing. You're going to start getting angry. You're going to start making fun of people. You're going to let words slip out of your mouth that are unkind and unfriendly and selfish. So I want you to always remember that. Look, whether it's your friends, or let me just say a more important one. You start getting into relationships. It's so important that your relationships are godly relationships, people that are gonna encourage you, people that love Jesus, have the same values as you. It's so important because you're spending time with those people. You're investing in those people. And like the law of sowing and reaping, you get what you sow, you're gonna reap what you sow. So if you've got a good friend, you hang on to them. But if you start seeing someone that's angry or they start doing things that are unhealthy, speaking words over you that are unhealthy, they're saying things about you that are unkind, and it may not start that way. You know how it may start? They're talking about other people, gossiping about other people, saying things about other people that are unkind. Look, that's a flag. That's a flag. It doesn't mean that you can't love them, pray for them, but you don't want to hang out with them for a long time. Because it's going to be a snare to your soul, is what Scripture says. Now I'm going to end with uh, this Scripture right here, Proverbs 27, 3 through 4. And then I'm going to share the nugget. But this is a great visual. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty. How many of you guys have moved stone or sandbags, right? Sandbags don't get any lighter, right? They're always just heavy. Especially if you've got to move a lot of sandbags. If you've ever done like floods or things like that, sandbags are just heavy. Unless the bag's ripped and the sand comes out, there's no way to get them lighter, right? Stones. How many of you guys have moved huge boulders and stones? Heavy, heavy. Now listen to this verse. Listen to the second part of this verse. Crazy. But a fool's wrath or a fool's anger is heavier than both of them. Than a stone and a fool's wrath or anger is heavier than both of them. Think about that. What you say over people weighs on them. It may not be physical weight, but the emotional damage, the spiritual damage. That's why Jesus said, I came to save the lost, heal the brokenhearted, uh, bring sight to the blind. Because of this reason right here, because people have been so cruel and harsh with the way you treat one another, the way you speak over one another. And it's weightier, it's heavier, not physically, but it's weightier on your life, right? I've talked to so many people, and I'm sure maybe you have or you've been to counseling. So many people, like 20 years ago, my mom said this or my dad said this or this teacher said this or this coworker said this or this friend. For 20 years, they're carrying the weight of anger. They're carrying the weight of those words that were spoken over them. It's not true, but for 20 years, you've been putting up walls trying to avoid a situation again because of something that was spoken a long time ago. That's how heavy it is. You're not just carrying it once. You're carrying it for years. For years, it's affected you. For years, it's impacted you. It's even framed your identity of who you are as a person. Although it's not true, you've made it true. And that's where Jesus gave me this a nugget. That's what frustrated, that's what he got angry about. In Matthew 21, you guys remember uh, this story. we preach it every year, right? You go to any church they're going to preach on Palm Sunday what are they going to preach about? Jesus riding on the donkey, right? Hosanna, Hosanna, they're waving, the, they're waving the palm branches. Then he goes into the temple, and people are ripping people off. They're robbing people. They're thieving things from them. They're selling sacrificial animals for way above the price. And Jesus walked into the temple and he got angry. He started flipping tables. He started flipping tables. But listen to the words that he said. And this was the nugget he gave me right before the nine o'clock service. You'll find it in Matthew 21, verse 12 and 13. It says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And he said to them, Listen to what he said, this is so important. The scriptures declare that my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Another way to say it is my father's house. Another translation is my father's house is a house of prayer. This is what Jesus got upset about, is that what they were displaying, thieving, stealing from people, deceiving people, lying to people, what they were doing was opposite of the father's heart. Look, this is why so many people won't come to church, isn't it? So many people won't come to church because of things people have done to them. They're hurt. Things have been said. Maybe things have been thieved from them, robbed from them, taken from them, or they've been judged unfairly, unkindly by Christians. And they're hurt, and they won't come to church because of what happened in that situation. But you know what happens ultimately? Just like we read in Proverbs how you blame God, they apply it to God. This is what Jesus was so Angry about. This is not my father's house. My father's house is a house of prayer. It's a place where people can come and receive from God. They can be saved. They can be healed. They can be set free. They can have a conversation with God. This is about a relationship. You've made it about stealing and deceiving and thieving and lying. And now all these people think that that's God and it's not God. It's a lie. He didn't go into that temple and say, Betty, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like you. He said, what you're doing is not of my father. It's not of his house. And this applies so much to anger. This is why Jesus got angry. This applies so much to anger because when we're angry, church, listen to me. When you're angry and you can't control your temper and you begin to speak or you begin to shove or you begin to do something that you shouldn't, I'm just gonna tell you, it happens a lot for all of us. I'm not perfect either in this. But what you just said over that kid or over that person is probably a lie. It's not what God speaks over them. We probably have done the same thing as these money changers. Maybe we're not stealing or deceiving, but we're speaking words of death over them. We're speaking words of unbelievable weight over them. Think about it. I don't know what your history is, but I want you to think about how you grew up. Now, you may have grew up in a family that was really good with anger. Maybe your family were really good about handling pressure and situations. And if that's the case, you're applying that to your life today, aren't you? You're learning from your parents, which prayerfully are are taking the scriptures and applying it, and now you're applying it to your family and your marriage and your life but the, the opposite is true too. If you grew up in a, in a family that was very angry, very loud, verbally abusive maybe, you can see where you get it. You can understand where you've, where you've gotten it from, right? It doesn't make it okay for you to continue, but you at least know where the root came from and now you need God to help you heal from that root. You know, Some people have heard some of the most outrageous and landish things. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission, to steal your identity, to kill who you are as a person, to destroy your relationship with God, to sow in anger in every part of your life that you can't even see that you have a God that loves you. That's why Jesus got so frustrated with, these, with this moment in the temple. As well, it was so far from who his father was. Church was so far from what his father gave him and gave the temple. It was not what the father expected at all. And now all these people that had been stolen from, that had been robbed, that paid too high of a price for a sacrifice... And I want you to think about this. How much did you pay when Jesus went to the cross? Zero. Yet these people were robbing. They were overcharging for sacrificial animals. And the Messiah was standing right in front of them. They just sang about the Messiah walking in the door. The one that was to die for their sins. The one that was to come and save them. And yet the people in the temple didn't change at all. They just kept robbing people. Do you think that the people that have been robbed for years, do you think that they had some hurt? Do you think they had a view of church that was probably not healthy? Absolutely. Do you think they had a view of God that was unhealthy? Absolutely. I just wanna encourage you, if you're dealing with anger, and maybe you don't do well with anger, I just wanna encourage you. First, Jesus said, look, in this world, you're gonna have trouble, the enemy Look, we see a lot of terrible things in this world, don't we? The enemy is gonna continue his mission of steal, kill, and destroy, speaking death over each person. That's, he's gonna continue. But Jesus said, I've overcome the world. I've overcome this mess. I've overcome this anger. I've overcome this situation. And you can too. And you can overcome it too. You cannot speak that way anymore. It may be hard. You're gonna have to learn not to, not to say what's on the tip of your tongue. You're gonna have to learn to do that, but you can do it, you can overcome. And how can I say that so emphatically? Because God's given you the Holy Spirit to help you, and he's given you this church, and he's given you people in your life group. He's given people to help you. You can overcome. None of us are perfect, so, so don't please sit there and say, well, that's me, I'm speaking death over everybody because when I get angry, I just, I just unload. Look, many of us have done that. You're not alone. We're all sinners. We've all blown it. And thankfully, by the grace of God, he's moved us from sinners to saints. He's showing us his heart. He's given us all these amazing proverbs and things to think about and dwell about and meditate on and chew on. And prayerfully, you're thinking differently. But let me just tell you something. When you speak death over somebody, it's, it's like that sand and that stone. It is so heavy. Please don't speak that over your kids when you're angry. Don't you tell them what's on the tip of your tongue. Don't say it. They will carry that for years. It will impact them. You're sitting here probably saying, yes, it impacted me. Look, let's be different. Let's speak life over our kids. Even when you're angry. Look, if you don't want to say something good, don't say say anything at all. Calm down. Get to a place where you can get right-headed. And you can go speak over your kids look, you may have to discipline them, I get that but let's not say something foolish let's not say something that's going to hurt their heart for years to come and if you've already done that look, you can, I can't change yesterday but you can change today you can go to your kid and say look, I've said things and I'm sorry just make it right will it be hard? yeah, you're going to have to put your pride down You know, the hardest thing about being a Christian is dying to yourself, dying to yourself. Luke says dying to yourself daily, daily, more of Jesus, less of me. It's not to say that you're not valuable. You're valuable, but we've got to have the heart of God. We've got to learn how to speak, how to control our anger, how to love one another. That's what made Jesus so angry is that they weren't controlling themselves. And the outcome was now they view God as a God that wants to steal from them. Now that they view God as that God is a liar and he's a deceiver. Or if you grew up in an angry household or you grew up with with manipulation and, and maybe some verbal abuse, now you look at God as he's an angry God. Now it's not true. It is not true at all. Tell me one time Jesus came down here and verbally berated you. He never has and he never will. God's given a plan to prosper you, to bless you, not to harm you. There's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. I can give you a thousand scriptures. We can sit here to say God's heart is for you. Before you were even created in your mother's womb, God knew your identity. He knew your purpose. He knew your outcome. You see, a lot of times we take our situation or we take the anger that someone's unloaded on us and we apply it to God or we blame God. And I just want you to know it's so not true. That's not who God is. That's what Jesus got so angry about. That is not my father. That is not his heart. This is not his house. Listen, today's the day to heal for many of you. If you're online today and you're dealing with anger and you're not making, you're hot-tempered, you're making, you've been speaking death over people, maybe your spouse, maybe your kids, coworker, it doesn't matter who it is, it's your heart. Just be honest with God and say, God, I need help. I need help. This is why I love Proverbs. It's real, isn't it? It's raw. We all deal with anger anger is not sin it's how you deal with anger are we being wise or are we being foolish and it's okay to say i'm either one but let's start changing today let's not keep repeating yesterday let's start changing today stand your feet not want to pray with you we're gonna have some altar teams up here so if you want prayer at any time after i close here we sing worship if you want prayer we'll be here to pray for you but Let me pray for you now. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for those that are online or those that are in this room. Lord, if there's anybody first that needs saved, Holy Spirit, speak to them. We need you. We can't do this without you. We can try. But Lord, we need your salvation. We need your healing. For those of us that are dealing with anger, we need help. And controlling our anger, controlling our words, controlling our body and our emotions. But Jesus, that's what you said. You said, I'm gonna send you a helper and he's gonna lead you to truth. So in this area, God, we may not be walking out truth right now. And so we can, this is the beautiful part about prayer and the beautiful part about worship is we can just come and say, God, I need help. I am not saying things I should be. I'm not encouraging my spouse. I'm not encouraging my kids I go to work and I create havoc, just right there where you are, just say, Lord, I am sorry. Take responsibility, I'm sorry. This is about my heart. This is where I am right now and I just need you to help heal my hurts and my pains. I realize now that it's not you, you're not angry with me, you love me. You died for me. You talk to the Father every day about me. You sing songs over me every day. You have angels in my presence every day. Every day, you're making decisions that are for me. But Lord, I didn't see it, so I am so sorry. I allowed people and hurts and circumstances to shape my relationship with you, and now I recognize it, and Lord, I I want your help. I wanna see your heart, I wanna see you. Help me with my anger, help me with my words, help me with my temper, help me with my emotions. God, you never sinned. You did it perfectly. So I know you can help me. And so Lord, we are so thankful to have you as Lord of our lives. We're so thankful that when we think about anger, you can help us. It's okay to be angry with unrighteousness. It's okay to be angry with things that are not of you. But Lord, help us have self-control. Help us be calm in those moments. Even when the enemy is berating us. Even when he's insulting us help us be more like you in jesus name everyone said amen Amen. let's worship